turn up your radio, it's time for DeLorean Talk with your host, Dave Tavers. Hi, and welcome to DeLorean Talk. This is episode number seven. Several people have asked about having a woman DeLorean owner on, and I tracked down Sarah Hasty from Texas. I forget what city you're in now, Sarah. Uh, I live in Houston. You're in Houston. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for taking the time. I'm, I am excited to get uh, your take on the DeLorean and hear your story. There's not a lot of women that own DeLoreans. Sure. And this is where you come in. That's me. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate uh, getting the chance to visit with you. Let's start with just the easy question. How long have you had your car and why did you want a DeLorean in the first place? I've had my car um, in just a few weeks. It will be right at seven years. I bought it when I was 21, and I was fresh out of college. Uh, I had graduated with a music degree and was going on to be a band director, and I wanted the cool car that I had to be a DeLorean. <laughs> and um, I'm I'm of the age group when uh, Back to the Future was very popular when I was a kid, of course. Uh-huh. Um I, I've got to, uh, I do have to give props to the movie for getting me interested in the car. Um, sure. By the time I was um, of the age of someone who would be interested in, in movies or cars or things like that, the DeLorean story itself of the company had already come and gone. Yeah. There was not much that I knew about of the company growing up, but I certainly knew Back to the Future. I remember it being prevalent in my mind as a kid growing up, four years old, five years old. Uh, my dad had recorded a uh, a broadcast on our local uh, NBC affiliate, and they had played Back to the Future for their Friday night movie or something like that, and he actually recorded it on our VCR. Nice. And it's complete with commercials in between and everything. I mean, it's 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 a quintessential eighties, uh, late eighties, early nineties, nice. um, just a little time capsule. I love the movie. I love the story. I love the music. I love the car. The movie, I guess with the commercial breaks, it made the movie longer than the VHS tape was. So the VHS tape stopped about 10 or 15 minutes before the end. It stopped at the point where the lightning had struck the clock tower. The DeLorean went back in time, and it leaves Doc standing there in the street in 1955, and he sort of starts to walk around and walk alone (laughs) by himself, and the camera pans out. And the tape cuts off. Oh no! And and that was that was the Back to the Future that I grew up with. I did not wow. realize there was a finale to the story. <laughs> Doc got rescued. Uh, it was just sort of a dead end. And I thought, huh, that's kind of a funny end to a movie. <laughs> uh, but that's what I had. That and is then awesome. When I get when I get to be about fifteen or sixteen years old, and it happens to come on again, and I had I had you know grown up and hadn't paid attention to it in a while. But I, it comes on again, and, and I watch it, and I realize, oh, God, it's got a whole nother, you know, there's an actual ending to this movie. <laughs> and then that also got my attention uh, more of the car when, when I was of the age where I could really appreciate it for what it was. Sure. And I had I had always enjoyed the style of it, the the scientific aspect of it, uh, the, the iconic uh, design of it. And I had always grown up in my family with my dad taking care of our family cars. We would, he would do all the maintenance on them and things like that. And I really enjoyed spending time with him in the garage, working on the cars with him, getting to know the cars, asking how they worked, things like that. And it, it got us spending some time together. So I've always 
enjoyed cars. I've enjoyed, I've had an appreciation for them. And to see something that was so cool looking just really had my attention. And, and by the time I was uh, a late teenager and, and was kind of getting interested in what I was going to be driving, things like that. Uh, of course, a DeLorean was not my first car I have as much as I would have liked it to be. It got me interested in it. Uh, and by the time I was in college and was a uh, living in a dorm room, watching TV one day, I think it was 2006, it must have been one of the first airings uh, on the History Channel of the Modern Marvels episode of the 80s tech that features DeLorean Motor Company yeah. uh, in Umble. And I had no idea, you know, it, it was, it was a car. The internet was, was still kind of in its infancy when I, when I was a teenager. Uh, not much Googling going on or internet research going on. When I saw that in front of me and saw that the place where all these parts were stored and what was left of the company was, was quite literally about 12 miles away from me. Um, it oh, was, wow. it was, <laughs> it was, a, it was a slap in the face. It was, I, it was just, you know, how could I not have known about this? And I ended up getting online and, and going on to things like Wikipedia and things like that, such as they were back then, uh, 10 years ago and, uh, and kind of filled myself in on the company. I really had not, you know, I am ashamed to say this, but by that, by that point, I had really not paid much attention to the company itself. I had seen it as, as a movie icon. Well, no reason to be ashamed of that. I, I think most people, even the people that, passingly like the car barely know anything behind it they don't know that delorean was a person's name it's just a cool car from the movie and sure the question comes up a lot from my friends about oh it's because of the movie you got i'm like well yeah i wasn't you know i wasn't 30 years old in 1981 when the car exactly so (laughs) it wouldn't have meant anything to me and no i would i think there's a lot of delorean owners and people in general that kind of poo-poo the movie and not that they don't want to give it credit but they're like well it's that's a movie thing like if it wasn't for the movie the car would not be popular Brickland exactly is the is not the same car but it's you know their cousins nobody knows what a Brickland is nobody that's right exactly i i do agree we've got to give the movie credit uh from keeping it from being another Bricklin or another Tucker that just kind of was one of those yep. quirky cars that fell into history. Yep. So I, I'm definitely not ashamed to say that that I am I am I was and still am a fan of the movie. Nice. I'll, I'll try to go to one or two screenings of it a year with the car, uh, nice. which gets everybody excited. I hadn't thought of that. They're, they've got to be doing that in L.A. and I have not. Uh, of course, I've only had the car for less than a year. You've had it a few more years, so. Sure. Sure. Finally, after seven or eight months, I finally went and took pictures of my car at Twin Pines Mall, at Point the Hills Mall. So, <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. See, that's nice living in the Los Angeles area. You're right around all those landmarks. Yep. Very close. 20-minute drive. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Yep. That's perfect. So you went. Uh, you ended up doing your research, learning more about DeLorean, the company, the history of it, the history of I John did. Z. Did that, did that spur, that was before you bought the car or seriously thought about buying a DeLorean? You know, by then it was just, it was something I could appreciate. I, I wasn't really quite sure it was something I wanted to own, but it was something that I could really appreciate. And then once I had realized how close, cause I had never seen a DeLorean in person before, um, anything like that. Uh, when I realized how close I was to these cars and, and everything that was making them <laughs> tick, basically, that was left on the planet, I very quickly went on to Amazon and things like that and ordered all the books that had been printed about the car and the company. I ordered John's autobiography uh, or biography. I ordered the different tales by different company members uh, about what went on, just basically devoured them. And so that, I think, cemented in my head um, 
the struggles that they went through, the impossibilities that they were faced, uh, that, that they were able to triumph over in the end and produce a car uh, that, that is still with us today and, and is still extremely iconic. Yeah. Um, I just, I knew I had to have one. And it was at that point, basically, in my, it had to have been my, my sophomore year of college that I knew I was going to own one. And I decided, uh, at that point, at that point, I was working part time as a, as like a, um, a party clown. And <laughs> I would go in the evenings and on the weekends <laughs> and things like that. And I would, I would face paint at the local, um, major sporting events i would tie oh. uh, animal balloons at parties and things like that and just trying to get some extra money that i could pay to get my way uh, get my life started when i was going to graduate and things like that right and i was able to uh, set aside money into an account that i called the delorean fund <laughs> and uh and i decided when i graduated i was going to buy one and i had no idea how much they cost i had no idea by then you know i i had i had, I had the background story I had the fact that it was in Back to the Future, but I really knew nothing about the car physically itself. What uh -huh. was ownership like? Was it expensive? Yeah. Um, was it easy to insure? Uh, <laughs> how many are there out there? Are they right. for sale? Can I buy one? I'm I'm at this point about 19 years old. Who's gonna Who's gonna believe me? <laughs> and um, but I decided I was gonna do it. Nice. And so I <laughs> I ended up. Uh, telling myself and setting a goal for myself that by the time I graduated in 2009, I was going to have $10,000 in the bank that was going to be my down payment for this magical car that I was going to find. Seeing the fact that DeLorean Motor Company in Houston was about 12 miles away from me, I knew, of course, that was going to be my next stop. I had yeah. to go there, and I had to see one in person. Isn't that amazing? Before seeing a car in person, you had already determined you are going to buy one, and I grew up in L.A., so I did see them as a kid, sure. and I'd wanted one for a long time. So it was a little different, but I probably bet that it's your story is not unique in that our generation, the next generation of DeLorean owners, saw the car in the movie, wanted one, and started planning for it without ever actually seeing one. And forget about driving one. Exactly. You know, just, just seeing it in person <laughs> is, was enough. It was, exactly, and everything kind of... Uh, you know, you kind of get the, um, through rose colored glasses and everything just kind of glazes <laughs> over and you just see the car and you know that, that, uh, all you can picture is yourself behind the wheel. Yep. Start Would drooling. it be comfortable? Who knows? Would it strange you somewhere? Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it was the idea of it. So the next thing, uh, in about, about another year's time, I got a student teaching assignment, uh, for, for a day to observe a local teacher that happened to be about two miles away from DeLorean Motor Company. And, uh, and I said, okay, this is it. This is my sign. I'm going to finish this teaching assignment. I think I was done at around lunchtime that day. And then on my way back to the dorm, I'm going to stop at DeLorean Motor Company and I'm going to see these things in person. You know, they said they're building them. All this crazy stuff is going on. I want to check it out. Right. That day ended up being the day before Hurricane Ike ended up hitting Houston in 2008. Oh. And um, so... I drive down there. The teaching assignment ended up getting canceled early so that uh, they were evacuating the campus. Uh -huh. uh, and they told all their students, you know, you need to leave. And so I said, okay, well, then on my way home, I, I was going to go back to my parents' house. And since I had nowhere else to go, uh, <laughs> they live right on the coast. And so they were going to be one of the hardest hit, and they weren't going to evacuate. So I said, I'll stop here on my way back to mom and dad's house. I'll go to their house and help them board up. I'll ride out the storm with them. But I want to check this out first. Yeah. So I pull up, I go inside the building, 
they're also in the middle of boarding up. Uh, there, there's several tall glass windows in the showroom and things like that they're trying to secure. And I, the showroom is just full of cars. And uh, it was my first time seeing one. Of course, I, I have my little um, my little flip phone, cell phone that we all had back then. <laughs> yeah. And I'm taking these horrible low resolution pictures of everything and uh, was super excited. There was uh, there was one guy in the showroom, uh, which happened to be James Espy. Of course, of course, he asked, he's busy. can I help you? Yeah. Yes, of course, he is very busy. <laughs> and I kind of get the stink eye from him, you know, what are you doing in here? We're, you know, Because we all knew what was going on and how serious sure. it was, and everybody's trying to clear up for this storm. And I said, I'm not going to bother you. I just happen to be in the area. Um, I'm not going to ask you any questions. I just wanted to see one of these in person. At that point, how old are you? At that point, I was probably about 20 years old. So that's uh, no offense at all to any of the DeLorean shops, but I'm sure 20-year-old kid is probably not high on their list of buyers. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Exactly. And and I knew that going in. I said, I, you know, I told myself, you're going to look ridiculous. Um, nobody, Nobody's going to take you seriously. And, and I really didn't care at that point. Yeah, of course. Um, I wanted to see the car and I wanted to, and, but I knew at the same time, if I saw the car, that was probably going to cement the fact <laughs> that I that I needed one. Yep. Uh, so it was good and bad. Yeah. Uh, but I saw it, and I realized just in person how how low to the ground they are. I think is what hit me the most is just yeah. how very very low and just just how sleek they looked. And I knew I had to have one. James was actually gracious enough. He did open one and let me sit in it. He, and you know, I explained to him my whole story <laughs> real briefly. I said, "Hey, you know, I grew up with Back to the Future. All this, I'm going to get one at some point. I'm hoping to get one in the next couple of years. I'm local. You know, all all this all the story, which." You know, working at DeLorean now, we tend to hear quite a bit. So I know, like you said, I was probably just another face in the crowd uh, that nothing was going to come out of. You just said something that I'm embarrassed to say. I didn't actually know that you worked for DeLorean until oh, yeah. last week. I <laughs> I was talking to the to my guys at DMC California and mentioned that I was interviewing uh, a woman uh, owner, Sarah. Sarah, and, and uh, I said something, and they go, "Oh, well, yeah." And then they said. You know, she, you work there at, at DMC Houston. <laughs> yes. I was like, ah, that is so embarrassing. I know that I saw you at DCS, right? You were there. Yes. Yes, I was. But I didn't see you, or I didn't remember seeing you inside of the DMC mm-hmm. room. I just saw you out and about because I had seen the pictures from your website, uh, which is... It, it's girlwithanimpact.com. I remember running across that and seeing you post on message board. So I recognized you from that at DCS. But I didn't put everything together uh, to know that you were connected to DeLorean. So yep. what, even when I asked you to be on this, I didn't realize that you worked there. <laughs> so it it has taken over my life completely now. I don't I don't think I can be. I, I hope I don't get proven wrong. I don't think I can be immersed in DeLorean any more now than I already am. I cannot um. imagine. No. <laughs> and congrats on that. How Thank how you. fantastic to be able to live and work your daily life in something that you love and that you're so passionate about. It's wonderful. I, I love it. I love it to pieces. It's the best job I've ever had. And, uh, nice. and I'm very, very proud to, to call myself an employee of the company. It's just been, it's been fantastic. Yeah. I don't think uh, anybody can top that being a fan of finally getting a car and then getting to work for DMC. That's, that's awesome. It's the ultimate DeLorean owner experience. Definitely. <laughs> it's just, uh, there, there's no escaping it. <laughs> So you had talked to James. Uh, he let you sit in the car. He did. He let me sit in the car. And uh, and I remember posting on, on what was, whatever there was of Facebook at that point, uh, how excited I was to be at DeLorean. 
uh, and sitting in a car and things like that. So you posted on Facebook uh, how excited you were. I posted on Facebook, which I think I must have I must have posted on Facebook after I got back home because I don't believe at the time I was able to post from my phone from your flip phone uh, <laughs> yeah, from, from my flip phone. Uh, but I did post on Facebook, and uh, and I told my parents how excited I was, and they had kind of heard, you know, the Sarah's got this crazy idea about buying a DeLorean, yeah, 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 and. Uh, and, it wasn't about breeding and, pine trees. It was about buying a DeLorean. So that's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had told my dad, because uh, I said, you know, I know I'm going to be riding out this hurricane with you guys. Um, they were about three miles from the shore uh, of where it made landfall. And I said, um, you know, so if, if something happens and I die today or I die tonight, I'm going to be happy because I got to see this car before. And, and it's, it's awesome. I can't get it out of my mind. I know I'm going to, I'm, no, I'm going to end up owning one. It might, you know, everybody just kind of kept rolling their eyes, uh, but they, they know me better than that by now, uh, <laughs> not to ignore that. You'd said you liked working with your dad in the garage and things, but mm-hmm. did you grow up as a car kid? I mean, were you working on cars a lot or going to car shows or anything? I really honestly never went to car shows. My dad mostly, uh, he, he was a car guy, especially back in the day. He had owned a, a, a 78Z28 that he loved to pieces and, and did a lot of his own work on and his own modifications on. But I think by the time he was older and had and had a wife and then me and my younger sister, I think he kind of was not able to keep that going uh, as much as he had wanted to. But it was still something that interested me. We would watch Meekum auctions all the time uh, at night uh, on the, on the uh, direct TV that would come on and just kind of talk back and forth on what cool cars we'd like to own eventually. Of course, they never show a DeLorean on things like that. Yeah, but, um, yeah. It, that would be nice if we could get some <laughs> screen time. And so I never really got uh, involved in the car shows or things like that. I was mostly interested at that point in just how they worked. My, I was always interested in, in puzzles and, and putting things together, assembling things. I loved model kits uh, as a kid. I loved building things. And so it was just kind of like a big Lego set to me almost to see how things came apart and went back together again and how parts of uh, the system affected the rest of the car. And so it was it was interesting to me to see the science and, and the engineering of that uh, in front of me. Yeah. When I, I told my dad that, uh, you know, that I was going to get this car and uh, he, 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 of course, told me I was crazy. He was, I think, at first more of the impression that, oh, Sarah just wants an interesting car. So he would say, well, why don't you uh, get these new Mustangs that came oh. out? You know, they just redesigned the Mustang. Let's go test drive one. And I, and I obliged. I, I test drove one, and I said, no. Uh, I said, you know, it's not about the fact that I want a car. I want a DeLorean. That's different. Yeah, that it's, car. it's a very specific, you know, something that I've got my mind on. I stuck through that. I started picking up money on the street. <laughs> so if I saw a penny in the parking lot or a quarter, I would pick it up and I would say, oh, this is a washer. This is a nut. This is a bolt. You know, I'm saving it for nice. this a little bit at a time. That went into the DeLorean fund. Basically, everything that I could do uh, around my around my student schedule, because I was still going to school full time and then doing some I would teach private lessons. I would coach marching band. I was still a clown. The things wow. that you do, I guess, to fill your DeLorean passion and your goal. Uh, well, is, to fun, yeah, to fund your hobby. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so um, by the time uh, I graduated in 2009 in May, I had, I had my goal. I had $10,000. And so then I needed a car to spend it on. I still had no idea what to do. I had never financed anything. I was living with my parents <laughs> still. By then also the um, banking and housing 
situation had happened yep. and it was a very shaky time to step into a credit union and say, by the way, I, I know I'm, I'm 21 right now, but can you give me some money to buy this DeLorean right. car from Back to the Future? <laughs> I, I'm going to be getting a job soon, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up going back to DeLorean. By then, I had visited with, with James and Stephen uh, a couple of times, let them know that I was interested. Stopped by some of the local club events just to kind of check out the other owners and the other cars and see see kind of how the lifestyle was and, and how the uh, camaraderie was with the group and just kept falling more and more in love with it. And then finally, I, I had graduated. I had a job. I had signed a contract for my first teaching job. It was a guaranteed one-year job that I was going to have. <laughs> I had since it was actually in the hometown that my parents lived in, so I, I wow. they were going to let me live with them for a year or two while I was figuring out where I wanted to live, get a house, get an apartment, things like that, figure nice. out what was happening. And so, and so you would, <laughs> looking back on it, you would I should have really prioritized you know, uh, nah. getting a life going, but instead, uh, <laughs> nah, I wanted a nah. DeLorean. You did it right. You did it right. <laughs> and so, and so I ended up finding one in the showroom, uh, of DeLorean that was just a beautiful car. It, it had about 24,000 miles on it. At that point, I wanted an auto, well, it wasn't even wanted. I needed an automatic transmission car because I had never driven a stick before. I had no idea how to operate a manual transmission. Wow. Uh, so it needed to be an automatic. And my dad, once he knew how serious I was, he said, Sarah, I think you may want to get a manual car because I think you're going to have a lot more fun with it. I think knowing yep. how much you like cars, you're going to appreciate it more. And yeah. I said, you know, I, what if I don't? Then I would have made, you know, a 20, what, what was then about a $25,000 mistake. I said, I, I'm not yep. sure about that. And so I said, I'm going to go with an automatic. Yeah, the, the lesson for anybody listening is don't listen to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can ask my parents that. I think I'm the poster child of, of not listening to your parents. But I still love them. It had, I, I, at that point, I really didn't care if I had a black interior or a gray interior. Um, oh. they, they kind of convinced me at DeLorean to get a black interior just because they, they tend to uh, not, not have the browning issues that the gray interior cars do uh, Ooh, with sun exposure. Yeah. And so I said, yeah, you know, you're right. I live in Texas. It's sunny outside. It's hot. Uh, let's go with a black interior, which, of course, will also bake you to death inside the car. So I went with the black interior. They had one in the showroom. Uh, it also had a wide black stripe on the outside. I, I went back and forth on. I said, I don't know. It makes it look different than the way the car was meant to look. Uh, but at the same time, it does kind of make it stand out because not a lot of the cars have these. Uh, yeah. And then it also had tinted windows on it, uh, which I thought really made the stripe pop and made it look really nice. And I said, you know, yeah. I think I want this car. And it was the price on it was $26,900. And it came with a, a mechanical uh, service to get everything flushed and, and – and, uh, and working again, new spark plugs, all that kind of thing. And cosmetically, it was still in really good shape. And, and I had asked about uh, the story on it. Why, why is this here? Where did it come from? And they said, actually, it is it is owned by a female right now. It's on consignment. Wow. And, and she has owned it for almost its entire life. She bought it in the mid-1980s from the original owner. She lives in Louisiana. Huh. She's had it sent here for every single bit of maintenance down to even an oil change. She's just had it towed over here. We changed the oil. We send it back to Louisiana, and we have all the maintenance records. She's a wonderful person to work wow. with. This was her baby. She she drove it. It was basically her only car. She drove it back and forth between her house and the flower shop that she owned every day. So it got it got <laughs> it got consistent miles put on it. 
It was kept sure. inside. It was pampered. And it was obviously very much appreciated. I said, well, what's going on? Why can't, why, why doesn't she still have this? I mean, it sounds like she still really loves this car. Loves it. And, yeah. and they said, well, she does. But she's getting on in her years. She's had issues with her joints, with her hips, with her shoulders. Uh, it's very difficult yeah. for her to get into the car, and it's very difficult for her to close the door. This can't be her main mode of transportation anymore. And they said, so, you know, we really want to make sure, and she wants to make sure that it goes to someone who's going to appreciate it. And I said, oh, man, I said, you know, that's just, that's amazing. It's an amazing story. You know, I, I it's very obvious how much she loved it uh, just by looking at it. And I said, you know, I think this is the one that I want. And they said, okay, you know, by the time it got down with, with tax title license, everything like that, it was just shy of about 30 grand. And they said, you know, how are you going to pay for it? And I nice. said, I've got $12,000. Uh, I would like to use this as a down payment. I'm going to be financing the rest through my credit union. Have I spoken to the credit union by that point? No, I had not. Did, oh. did they know that? No, they had not. Uh, did I know what oh. I was doing? No, I did not. And I, and I said, um, I would like to do this. And they said, okay, that's great. But you need to you need to show us proof from the credit union that you're going to get this loan right. because we need the yeah. rest of this money. And I said, okay, <laughs> I will go and do that. And I, I went to the credit union and and I sat down with the loan officer and I said and he said, what do you need? And I said, well, I want to buy this car. And he said, okay, great, you know, a Mazda, a Ford, what is it? I said, no, <laughs> no, it's a DeLorean. And he said, what's a DeLorean? And I said, I had to explain oh. to him. Well, oh. usually. If people don't understand DeLorean, if you say the Back to the Future car, that's when they get it. And that's when he got it. And I was sure. just hoping they were going to trust me enough. I had, a, I, had a, I had a copy of my contract that showed I was going to be employed for a year no matter what. I didn't need a co-signer. I still had enough, enough credit by then that, that, I, that I was good to go. But, of course, they were really leery. Why does a 21-year-old need a DeLorean? <laughs> and he said, Look, Sarah, let me go and talk to my supervisor and, and let me figure out what on earth is happening because we don't typically finance things like this. This sounds like a yeah. restoration project to us. It sounds like it's going to be a pile of junk. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. These people up in Humble are working on it. It's going to be fully restored and repaired and all these great things are going to be happening to it. I can send you a copy of the repair order and things like that, just just hoping that they would understand that I sure. wasn't just going to buy a, 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 a 30-year-old junker that was sitting in somebody's driveway. Yeah. And he, he took about 10 minutes or so, spoke with his supervisor and came back and he says, the supervisor wants to know one thing. And I said, what is that? He says, when you pick up the car from this restoration, will you please bring it here so we can take a picture with it? And I said, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I will. And so he said, you know, we would be happy to finance this. We can get the check over to them for the remainder of it tomorrow. Everything's wow. going to be fine. And so that was it. And they, they made a phone call over to DeLorean to confirm all the details, the VIN number, everything like that, uh, confirm the sale. And, uh, and that was it. I was sincerely positive that it was going to be the heartbreak story of what I've heard before. Not that I went through it, but I've heard other people. Yes. Credit unions, banks do not, they do not finance classic They cars. don't. And it's very difficult. And they said the only reason why we did this for you is because it's being backed by a legitimate company that, that has all of these parts. If something were to happen to it in an accident while you're paying it off, we feel comfortable that we can get it repaired, you know, while we've got the title to it. Uh, yeah. And so that, that, I guess, made them comfortable enough. And I think probably that also combined with the financial situation at the time. They were really trying to keep... <laughs> 
customers get some more money happy, coming in. Get yeah. some more money coming in. <laughs> and so I, I, I secured it on a, on a four-year loan, and I was so excited. I remember coming home to my parents and saying, guys, I got it. I got it. The car's going to be mine. You know, I've just got to wait for it to be picked, uh, for it to be repaired. I can pick it up. Dad, you got to come and take me to pick it up. And, you know, and they just, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, Sarah's gone and done it. And I had told him, I said, you know, I'll keep it in the driveway. It, you know, it sounds like a kid bringing a puppy home. I promise I'll take care right. of it. I'll, I'll love it. I'll feed it, everything. And I said, I'll keep it in the driveway. If you want me to sell my Cherokee, which was my first car, which was, it was by that time, it was about 15 years old or so. And that was your daily driver? That was, was my daily Cherokee. driver, was, okay. was my Jeep Cherokee, which I still have. I do love, I do love my Jeep Cherokee. I said, I can sell it if you want. You know, if, if the driveway is going to be too crowded, I totally understand. You know, I, I'm, I'm staying here with you guys. You know, you're, you're offering me to stay in your house while I'm getting, sure. getting my life in order. I don't want to be, you know, too crowded or too overbearing. <laughs> and dad said, no, you know, you keep it in the garage. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have that, uh, uh, in, in my car driveway. In the exactly. You know, he, then, then the, the classic car owner and him started coming out. No, no, no. We got to take care of it. Everything, you know, <laughs> and so it that was nice awesome. to see that change in him. And so. Uh, about another about another month or so later, uh, you know, it, it had to get through its spot in line. It got processed. It got test driven. It got adjusted. Everything that we normally do to a car. And they had called me and said, "It's ready. Um, you can pick it up on this Saturday." And uh, Stephen's going to be there, and uh, you know, we'll take you around in it. I had driven it by that point. I had driven it once around the block, and it was before <laughs> the work was completed on it. So I mean, it was running really rich. It was uh-huh. it was it was not a perfect idea of a car and, and they're assuring me oh no no, no, no it's going to be fine it's going to be fine and i just said yeah i know it's I, you know i get it it's it's on its way coming back to life you know it had sat for a while in the showroom waiting for an owner to come along and so yeah. they were waking it up and i totally understood that and my parents were just looking at me like you're trusting these people this is you know what are you doing <laughs> you know you, now that you've got some money from from your job you can't just go spending it like this and i said no this was <laughs> this is what i want to be i want to be a band director who drives a delorean <laughs> this is my life is complete now. And so uh, about a month after that, uh, I, I go to pick it up. My dad, uh, my, me and my dad get in his truck and we drive over to Humble, which was about a, about a 45 minute drive from my parents' house. And we go to pick it up and there it is with Steven and they had just finished detailing it. Everything was wonderful. And Steven said, you know, here's your car. Uh, let's go out for a drive in it. I can show you how everything works. And so we did that. We, we drove down. They didn't offer that to me. <laughs> <laughs> They went for a drive with you and explained things, and was just your dad or both your parents? It was just it was just my dad. My mom had stayed home, and uh, and since it was obviously it was a two seater, it was myself and Stephen in the car, and Dad just kind of hung out in the parking lot watching us go by. <laughs> and he's always been real kind of you know shy to drive it, but I was I always try to tell him, Dad, drive it, drive it, drive it. You know, you got to drive it. That was going to be one of my questions, but since you just brought it up, how long was it before you let anybody else drive it, and who was it? Oh goodness. Um, I probably, the first weekend I had it, I think I put a tank of gas through it in those two days. I drove it everywhere. <laughs> I drove it to my grandparents' house. I drove it to my aunt and uncle's house. I drove it everywhere. And then I believe on that Sunday, that very next day, I let my dad drive it. Um, and, and he just took it around. He, he had ridden as a passenger with me a couple of times just to kind of uh, get his bearings on it. Does it sound okay? Does it have a misfire? Is it breaking okay? Yeah. Are the lights working on the outside? He was kind of, <laughs> as I was driving it home, he was kind of circling around me in his truck making sure the turn signals worked and the brake lights worked. And, and we got home and he said, you know, he said, Sarah, he said, that looks so cool going down the road. He said it was driving straight. <laughs> Everything on it was aligned. It was tracking beautifully. He said, and every single car that drove by you had to slow down and look. He said, that's just amazing. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. 
And we oh. had, uh, we, we drove home. He pulled into the driveway. My, my mom's out there in, in the driveway like, oh, my God, what did you do? And, uh, and I said, you know, here it is. This is my DeLorean. I own it. It's mine. And we all just kind of spent some time walking around it, checking it out. And uh, we go inside to make some lunch or things like that. And it was still out in the driveway. I just remember continuously going out to the window and looking into the driveway and, and seeing this DeLorean there and just saying to myself, you know, that's your DeLorean. That was going to be my next question is, is how many times did you go to the window? Because I did the oh, same man. exact thing. I'd say probably five or six <laughs> times, you know, until I got in, in it again to, to go show it off to the next person. Exactly. And, uh, and I just kept looking out there and my dad went up there next to me eventually and he was just like, you know, what did you do? You know, this, this is here now. It's a reality. And I said, yeah, it is. And he just said, he just kind of looked at it and he looked at me and he said, you know, honestly, he said, you know, when you started talking about this, we thought you were crazy. Uh, we may still think you're a little bit crazy. And he said, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this car. And I said, you know, I'm really glad to hear that. And of course, we gave a big hug to each other. And, and then we ended up, uh, that was kind of our project car for the next year or so, uh, while I was still with him. And, uh, we, mm -hmm. we did some, we did some little, um, some little changes to it. Uh, it had a tape deck in it. I wanted to put a CD player in. The tape deck didn't work. Uh, so right, I, want, right. I said, you know, don't worry about fixing it. You know, to the DeLorean people, I said, I'm going to be putting a CD player in it anyway. Um, so we, sure. we put a CD player in it. We, we fixed the, some of the slight cosmetic things that were still, that were still kind of wrong with it or broken or just, just little touches sure. here and there. It was not much. Car. Exactly. Yeah. It's a 30 year old yeah. car. It needs, it needs a little bit of, of, of some pick me up sometimes. I got to know some more owners on Facebook. We spent a lot of time out there just kind of tinkering with it. And then I ended up every once in a while would go to back to DeLorean to buy the parts. I would place the order online. Dad and I would kind of put together a list uh, at the end of the weekend of what we wanted to, <laughs> to, to, to accomplish. I would go after work one day and, and pick them up. And then that next weekend we would work on it. What a fantastic bonding experience for you. Oh, it was wonderful. Too. I mean, it's, and this is not to keep pointing out the fact that you're a woman. Sure. Uh, no offense intended. No, it no. It is unique, right? It is. It, it is unique. It really I don't know is. what the number is. It really is. And usually, you know, the, the stereotype is usually it's the sons that are out there turning the wrenches with the dads. That's right. And that's, a, that's a common bonding thing, at least for in you know past many decades. Sure. Uh, that's great that you were able to build that kind of connection because not that I have no idea. Maybe you're already super close to your dad, but... This just solidified that relationship because you both shared that interest of cars, and especially when he saw your passion for the DeLorean, which which is even a bigger question. Why do we, and I, and I say not just DeLorean owners, but anybody who loves a DeLorean, if they own it or not, what is it that just gets in our blood that we, ha that we want one so bad? It, it's not like a Mustang. It's not like any other nice car, whatever it is, there's something so different about wanting the DeLorean. There really is. And I'm, I'm not sure what it is either. You know, I'll hear it in the community of getting bitten by the DeLorean bug. And it, it just seems to be one of those things that, like you said, once you're bitten, there really is no recovering from it. And, and it's just, it's amazing to see the amount of passion that people have for it. And you, yeah. you, you get to see it also being an owner and driving your car around <laughs> seeing a kid's reaction who may be seeing your car for the first time. That was you and that was me Yeah, when we were that same age, seeing those cars and being excited. That was you walking into a showroom at 20 years old right when a hurricane is coming to go see a car yes. that 
that was first and foremost in my mind. Instead of safety, it was seeing a DeLorean. Yeah. So you can tell the kind of crazy things that it makes people do. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just it's interesting to see that. Um, I'll see little kids' faces plastered in the windows uh, that are just so excited to see the car. They'll come running up to me at gas stations. Do you mind if I sit in it? Can my mom take a picture? Uh, things like that. I try to keep uh, postcards with me. Or uh, back when Hot Wheels were so plentiful, I would have some Hot Wheels in yeah. my car that I could give to them. Uh, and yep. it just makes their day. And it's, it's yeah. so, it's so nice to see that such a small gesture can bring so much happiness to somebody. And that's, to me, that's a lot of what the ownership is about. It's seeing the enjoyment, not just in being an owner, but the enjoyment that being an owner brings to other people and that you're bring, bringing this car to them. Yeah, to get to share it with other people. Mm-hmm. And this has come up on past episodes and it comes up in just other events talking to, to owners. That is really, there's magic in that, in sharing it with other people. There really is. I've said it in the past. My friend Deborah put it so perfectly. It's not a speed machine. It's not a time machine. It's a smile machine. That's perfect. That's perfect. That sounds so corny and stupid, but it is so absolutely true. It's so true. Everybody smiles. It makes everybody smile. And I think it may sound corny to someone who's on the outside, but once you've owned one and, and driven around in one, those are perfect words. They really are. Yeah. Wow. Well, fantastic origin story and history of your passion for the car. Thank you. More and more, I I want to capture these stories for history because everybody has some different version of it, but there is something that, you know, when was it that it grabbed you? Was it when you were nine years old and watching Back to the mm-hmm. Future on a bad VHS copy? <laughs> or was it after that? Or somebody like me who'd followed it for you know, 18 years wanting the car. There are other people that get it inherited. They grew up with the car. Mm-hmm. The, the stories are also different. And uh, this wonderful story, how lucky to be that close to DMC and be able to go over and check it out. Although I have to give you a little bit of a hard time that you didn't go there the day you found out that it was yes, 12 miles away. Exactly. I'm sure that you have more than a couple of stories, but as a woman, Mm -hmm. you must have heard some crazy good and crazy bad things from people. Uh, You've obviously been to car shows. You've you've taken the car to events. I can imagine how people, either on purpose or very innocently, will say things like, oh, is this your dad's car or is this your husband's car? Yes. I I can only imagine you've heard that a hundred times. Yes, it it does happen. Uh, And like you said, some people are are very innocent in in what they're asking. and Some people (laughs) are very uh, not so innocent. Yeah. I do get that asked if I'm if I'm showing my car or even if I'm just driving down the street. uh, I'll get stuff yelled at me, you know, what are you doing with your boyfriend's car? Does he know you've got that out of the garage? Uh, you know, and you get stuff like that and it's kind of something where you kind of wonder, you know, are they half joking or at the same time, are, are they really thinking that I shouldn't be driving this? And I'm not typically a person, I'm not an ultra feminist kind of person. I'm not a very political person. Uh, I'm not someone who thinks that everybody is out to get me or offend me. So I definitely try not to let that stuff get to me. But at the same time, it happens enough that where you're kind of starting to think, okay, you know, this, this, that's, that's enough guys. Let's, let's cut it out. But, yeah, I, I do get things like that called out to me. Um, I had one instance where I was showing my car at a car show, and I had I had a gentleman come up and start asking me questions about it. And what kind of engine does it have in it? What years what, were it made? Uh, how many did they make? Where were they made? And I start answering him, and, and I start answering him all the usual rote answers. Uh, and then he just kind of stops me as I'm already explaining to him. And he says, oh, I don't know why I'm asking you this. 
I know they've just got you here to model the car. You don't actually know anything about it. Uh, I'm really sorry to bother you. And I just, and he just turns and walks away. And I just looked at him like I was in the middle of giving you factual information. Uh, maybe it wasn't factual enough. I don't know, but, uh, you have a nice day. It's some stuff that you just, you know, does it, is it really going to help me to stew on that and to, and to think that people are out to get me or out to offend me? No, it's not worth my time. Uh, but, uh, I also, and this isn't maybe necessarily uh, being a woman, uh, but I, I've also had an example where I had driven my DeLorean to a local auto parts store. And I was buying some weather stripping adhesive. I'm at the register and I'm in line to check out and there's two men in front of me. Apparently, the conversation had been ongoing before I got behind them. And apparently, one of the men in that line is pretending to be the owner of that DeLorean that's out in the parking lot. <laughs> And I'm just listening to him, and this other guy is asking, oh, man, where did you get it? You know, all, all the questions that you normally get as an owner, you know. Uh, yeah. And he's answering all these things, and, of course, they're all wrong. <laughs> um, you know, 1979 and all this and that, and, you know, wow. they were made with a Ford engine. And, you know, just I'm just and I'm just sitting there listening to him, just thinking, wow, you know, this guy's really got gutsy. some guts, you know, to yes. just be spinning this story. You don't know who the owner is. You don't know where they are in the store. Yeah. You know, I'm right here behind you, and so you clearly don't think it's me. So I really had hoped by the time I was done with my purchase and walking out that they would be standing next to the car. And then as this guy is talking about how great his car is, I could just unlock the door, open the door, (laughs) get in the car, close the door, and drive away and just leave him (laughs) to explain himself to this man. But unfortunately, they had all disappeared by the time uh, I got out there. But it was just very strange to me. Just to hear, you know, the, the car, I guess, can just yeah. turn people pretty crazy. Uh, just trying to be the cool guy who owns one, I guess, maybe, or, or just, you know, trying to sound like you're, you're a really neat person, but it's just, uh, it's, that it's is, interesting. But that is incredibly gutsy. <laughs> it's incredibly gutsy. I, I could see maybe if I was that kind of person, I could pull that off at a car show. Mm-hmm. If the, if there's nobody in the car, mm-hmm. I could say, oh, that's my car right there. Nobody's really, you're at an auto parts store. Yes. It's not even, it's not this grocery store. It's not Costco no. where there's a billion people. No. You're at an auto parts store. At the most, there's maybe 20 people <laughs> exactly. in the store. <laughs> that's incredible. Wow. Was that early on or later? That was in early on because I was still living in my parents' house, so it must have been within my first year of ownership. Um, <laughs> and I just just scratching my head at at, at this guy, but uh, you know that that's the kind of stuff that you that you get, and and it's just it's interesting. Um, I'm surrounded <laughs> with plenty of people uh, who know me and know my appreciation for the car and know how much of a DeLorean nut I am. So I definitely, yeah. it's not something that I'm having to prove every day uh, with the with the company that I keep for sure. Sure, sure. But I'll also, you know, you'll occasionally get um, uh, get the people who who, who walk up in, a, and I, I'm, this is more of, of an every DeLorean owner thing, where they of course know more about the car than you do. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and then you have to correct them. I, I have to correct them. Sometimes <laughs> I just smile and nod. Uh, it depends on on how fast I'm trying to get somewhere and 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 how. Um, entrenched they seem to be in their beliefs of the car um i had a guy at a gas station come up to me once and say oh man i can't believe you have one of these you're so you're so rich and i said you know how and he said well i know these are worth about a hundred thousand dollars i mean how did you afford that (laughs) and i just kind of looked at him and i said well i'll tell you what if you are really interested in it i will sell you this one for seventy five thousand dollars i will cut you a deal (laughs) and he said oh honey i don't have that kind of money and he just and he gets up and goes away and i said oh i almost had that oh Um, that would have been great (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, you always you always get the, the you know what happens when you go 88 miles an hour, and uh, you know I typically say you get a speeding ticket, and uh, you know, and they'll say uh, you know they'll so they'll so they'll tell some sort of Back to the Future joke, and we'll say, well, I haven't heard that one since next week, and it takes them kind of a second, to, <laughs> and then you'll you'll kind of get the oh, you'll get that. the aha moment. So if I try to I try to play the game a little bit, and not necessarily have to kind of press the repeat button on the yeah. tape recorder and give all sure, the facts sure. at the same time. Um, Sarah, you shouldn't you should not have shared that joke on here <laughs> because not only am I going to steal that, I'm sure a lot of other people are going to steal that. That is that is awesome. I've got it. I have to give credit uh, for that one to James. That is that is James that that, oh. that showed me that one. So I, I've got to give credit where credit okay. is due. But it it it, it is it That's works wonders. Awesome. It works wonders. I I have to agree with that. I was a tour guide at Disneyland giving history tours oh, wow. of the park. Uh, years ago, and I'm not the all-time expert on Disneyland history, but I was a tour guide. I studied a lot, very passionate about it. So when I had people on tour that would insist that this happened or that happened or whatever, um, really quickly I figured out that same pattern of going, my answer was, oh, you know, I, of all the research I've done, I've never heard that that story or that version, <laughs> or I've never heard of that. Um, but I'll go, I'll go uh, look it up. And that was the end of the conversation at that point. And I've done that already a couple times with, with my car. One of the first car shows I ever went to, it just so happened that I was trying to buy a couple of garage door openers off of Craigslist, and they were right next to where this the car show was. Mm. So I drove the DeLorean to the guy's house, pull up, and he, he insisted that they built and repaired them you know, 10 miles away from where we were at. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, no, they actually built them, you know, in Ireland. And, and he goes, no, 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 that was uh, that was just the kit cars, or that was where they did. <sighs> and it's fine. I had no problem. I changed the subject and said, well, I've, I've, same thing, I've never read that before, but I'll have to go look into that. <laughs> yes, and, exactly. And that is fun, though, when people are passionate and they're excited about the car, even if their facts are wrong. I don't mind as long as they don't become jerks exactly. About it. They were excited enough to approach me. They they were you know obviously it meant something to them. You know a lot of them they see a car and, and you don't really get past the visual aspect of a lot of cars. Um, you know I, <laughs> yeah. I I know I like a lot of cars, but I really couldn't tell you extreme details on a lot of them. Uh, but then again, I'd also don't approach the owners and tell them talk to them like I know about their cars either. <laughs> right. So it's a uh, isn't that the funny thing? And that's it. It's like you own the car, but I'm going to tell you that you're wrong about what you're do- what you own. Yes. So since you've had the car seven years, I imagine, aside from the the little stuff that you and your dad did, over the years, have you made any changes to the car, anything significant? Um, I've done a bit. The change I think that I'm happiest with is I put on the performance shocks and springs that that lower the ride height of the front end. Um, I did that in about 2011, I believe, and uh, that was a tremendous difference um, in just the handling of it, um, especially... Mm. Uh, driving my car down the highway just to get it to work in the mornings when I was teaching, you know, you could take a highway exit at, at highway speed. I, I was never a speed nut or anything in my car, but even that sometimes you would almost feel the oversteer coming out. And so not, not something that was pleasant to me. And, and so, and I, I like the idea of, of the, of the no sitting lower anyway. So I, I went ahead and did that. Yeah. I like that look as well. And not just because in the movie it was lowered, mm-hmm. but it just it's it looks like a wet, more of a wedge that way. It does. And all that extra space above the tire looks odd to me, it, even though yes. I am not a car guy. But I have talked to a couple of owners who have had it done, and then years later took them out mm. and put it back to stock because for them they said a big problem was 
uh, driveways and, and bumps that the car was actually too low with the with the new springs. You, and you do have to be careful. I think it may have been this particular exit ramp because it is a, quite a sharp one. Uh, oh, okay. And so right. I, I I don't think I don't think it would be a regular exit ramp situation. <laughs> okay. uh, just just for anybody who's concerned about safety out there. I was just thinking, boy, am I really not driving <laughs> the car well? <laughs> no. Uh, and so I, I did that, and I also did the stage one exhaust, uh, which oh, okay. which I was really happy with. Uh, I put the CD player in uh, and replaced the radio. I also uh, my car would have been one of the ones that had the um, windshield embedded antenna but ended up with the mm-hmm. fender mounted antenna and which i thought was very the front the, the front right fender the, yes the, the very offensive oh. front right and a fender yeah. antenna and so very offensive. Uh, <laughs> I, like that. I had uh i had uh a i had dmc in houston uh make a plug for it they plugged the fender they regrained it they got rid of the antenna and i've actually gone back now uh since i've, I've had to since had my windshield replaced i've gone back to the windshield antenna uh, which I really don't listen to the radio anyway. I, I did it more for correctness than I did for actually mm. using it. With the antenna, mm-hmm. have you when you have played the radio, do you notice a difference? Because you you went to a regular the rear antenna, right? I actually you... I never had the rear antenna at all. Uh, for a while, oh. I had no antenna. Uh, once oh, okay. I had once I had the fender plugged, and it, there was a fairly large gap in time between when I had the fender plugged and when I had the new windshield installed. I actually just had the new windshield installed maybe two or three months ago. Um, so there was a fairly large gap where I had no functioning radio at all. Um, I had a CD player, and it also had um, a very primitive, uh, one of the first uh, auxiliary kind of jacks in it, so I could plug in my iPod or my phone and just kind of listen to whatever... Okay. And so I have honestly not tested mine yet. I've only driven my car probably half a dozen times since then, just because I've been out on trips and things like that. We had DCS, we had uh, Eurofest, we've had we've had quite a quite a lot of um, travel going on. So does that mean it's no longer your daily driver? It has never been my daily driver. Honestly, I was in the routine of driving it once a week. When I taught, it was my Friday car. I would drive it to school on Fridays, and I would also drive nice. it to school on. Days where I had a band concert. <laughs> because that's the whole point. A band director with a DeLorean. Yeah, that's and it wasn't point. even really to show it off. It was more for my own uh, my own need. I felt like if I had a really crappy concert that night, I could at least drive home in a nice car and feel better nice. about myself by the time I got yeah. home. That was how I rationalized yeah. it. So I, I drove it about once a week. I, dr- I did drive it to the first DCS that, that, that happened after I owned it, which was in 2010. It was in Lexington. I drove it there and back. Uh, had no issues. So that's from Texas to Kentucky. It was. How, how far is that? Oh, goodness, I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. It was probably around a thousand miles or so. I mean, it took us a good each way. Each way, yeah. It took us a good oh. a good couple of days to get there. I think I drove it six hundred miles my first day, and we had wow. we had also done some detours. We went around to the uh, to the Corvette factory, and we we stopped at some other oh. uh, some other locations just to kind of make a nice trip out of it. Sure. And so uh, when I say we, it was it was me and James. By then by then James and I were dating. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's my fiance now. So I'm I'm even more engrossed in in, in everything. You are completely into the business now. Uh, yeah, great. it's 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 got me hook, line, and sinker. So it's uh, a, <laughs> but it's nice, you know. With James and I have the same interests, passion, and the same yeah. passion. So if one of us says, "Hey, let's go to a car show this weekend," the other one is not rolling their eyes or or, or things yeah. like that. We can come home and talk about what happened at work that day. We can make plans for the next day. <laughs> Uh, we can talk about uh, what's going on with my car and things like that. And so it's nice to have that common that common interest for sure. 
And I think that we can travel together. We're not going to complain. Right, right, because you're both passionate. Exactly. I've got a woman friend that we hang out and do stuff. She hates the car. It is heartbreaking to me. Oh, no. Not that she doesn't like the car. She hates the car. Oh. She, oh, I don't want to go ride that tin can. <laughs> I'm like, what is your problem with the car? Oh, it's so low. And she just has every possible excuse. Mm. And I, I start thinking, wait, do you just not want to hang out with me? And she's like, no, I want to go do stuff, but I don't want, I don't want to go ride in the DeLorean. Wow. It is so weird. So again, there's part of that, that female connection mm-hmm. that, why I think it's interesting to talk to a female owner to get your perspective on all of it. Sure. And this has been, yeah, very telling. You have a passion for the car and that's what, that's what brings you to it. Have you talked to or gotten to know any or many other female owners? I really have to say that I haven't, unfortunately. They're, they're so, they're few and far between and they're so, isolated as far as geographically it's very hard to to meet up with them or or really uh you know talk to them and have any kind of lengthy um discussions with them uh i'd say probably the the female owner that i'm that i'm most closest with was the former owner of my own car of your uh marianne her name is marianne and so i've talked to her we've exchanged phone numbers we've exchanged emails i just I, i wanted to know why she was interested in the car uh, and of course she was always telling me, you know, you better not do anything stupid to my car. You know, I don't want it to you know, come, come back and have all these horrible modifications done to it. So I, I've tried to keep it as tasteful as possible out of respect to her. Sure. And I'm, I'm really working out. I'm trying to arrange a date to go to Louisiana. She still lives in Louisiana, uh, to go and meet her and drive the car there, meet her in person and let her see the car for the first time in, uh, these seven or eight years. She's wanted to see it. She's, She's been very interested in, in, in the fact that I ended up meeting James and, and working in the company. So she's, she's excited <laughs> to see, uh, to see the, the DeLorean passion growing in somebody else and that her car is a part of it. And I still call it her car. You know, I just, I feel like I'm the caretaker of it. Um, yeah. just because she's, she has been with it, uh, for the majority of its life. And, and it's, it's, I, it still feels fresh to me. The handoff does. And, and I just want to make sure, especially while she's still living that I, that I'm, trying to keep in touch with her as much as possible because I know just like you said, you know, trying to record these stories that that this huge chunk of the history of this car is going to be lost uh with her if I don't if I don't sit down and have a discussion with her uh, to try and document yeah. as much of that as possible. So I'm really trying to make sure that I get over there as soon as I can to go and uh, and visit with her and and see her face to face. I think that's going to be wonderful. And take lots of pictures yes. and get her get her ride in it. Oddly enough, I bought my car, I'm the second owner, from a woman. Wow. Her husband gave it to her for her 20th wedding anniversary. She had seen the car and loved it in 1983, and uh, bought it. he bought it for her for their 20th wedding anniversary. I swear, I'm not sexist, but when I the son was the one selling it, and I talked to him, and, and I think I did ask something along the lines of, well, was it really your dad's car, but your mom just, she was the one that loved mm-hmm. it? He said, this was her car from day one. My dad rode in it, but she drove it all the time. She drove it to school. They went to parties. She drove it. Uh, it was her car. So I did the same thing where the first parade that I did, which was March 17th of this year, they lived very close by, and I took the car back over there. When I bought the car, the uh, her and her husband were traveling. It was her son that sold the car, and they were out of town for a couple of months, so I had never met met her or the, or uh, her husband, and I called and said, I'm in the neighborhood. Can I come by? And 
they had not seen my car or her car uh, running for 27 years. Oh, wow. It, it sat in the garage from 1987 until November 6th of this last year or November 11th of this last year. And everybody in the neighborhood remembered the car mm-hmm. in the garage, flat tires, dusty, <laughs> dirty. So I was it was really exciting to take the car over to her, back it up in front of their house. She kind of came out. I opened the door. She got in. Or she came over. I said, you got to get in. I got to get a picture of you with it. And we got a picture together. It was really a, there was a special connection in a moment there. So I hope you have that same experience when you go take your car over to its previous owner. That's what I'm hoping for, definitely. It's nice that there are so many people out there who have taken the time to do the research, see the facts, and and still love the car for what it is. And you know yeah. that's something that we'll we'll see quite a bit. Is you know there's people who look at these cars and expect them to be you know very very perfect pristine examples like a, a you know like a modern Toyota or things like that that you can just get in and go. And and if the car is maintained, that's definitely a possibility. But at the same time. If you're someone who's not willing to understand a car's quirks, understand <laughs> that the car came from the factory, you know, with 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 some problems. interesting things, uh, <laughs> problems, and be able to work around those, live around those, and still appreciate the car for what it is, then that's the kind of owner who needs to be partaking in the enjoyment of these cars and to keep the yeah. history going because they're gonna they they see the good in them. They see the smiles that they put on people's faces. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing 35 years at this point that, that the cars are still going as strongly as they are. People still reference them. Uh, I think the fact that, uh, just this past year, 2015, the sway that Back to the Future had on the populace, uh, you know, got r- real name brand companies like Pepsi and things like that to step up and actually produce these products that were movie props. Yeah, that people love. Uh, that people love so much that they're willing to step up and do something about it and get in on the fun. I know the car obviously was not made by Pepsi, but it still is <laughs> something that 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 kind of has to do with that kind of nostalgia, good feeling, mm-hmm. and something that people always want to be a part of. So I think it's just it's a great community to be a part of. It's just it's I I would not change a thing that brought me here at all. James always says I'm really glad that you didn't buy that Mustang. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's a couple hours ahead and uh, it's getting late there. No problem. Wonderful to talk to you. And I'm looking forward at some point in the future to doing uh, more of a roundtable type of discussion where rather than doing one-on-one interviews, I want to get three, four, five other uh, fans and or owners to do a group conversation because things do change. When you're just doing a one-on-one, there are different dynamics. Sure. And if you've got a whole bunch of people, if you can get the right group of people together, it can be kind of interesting to hear different perspectives and ideas, and people can open up a little bit. They don't feel so pressured uh, to have all the right answers or fill the time exactly. It can be much more relaxed. Sure. Sarah, thank you again. I look forward to uh, to seeing you at some other events in the future, and I will spend more time on your website, uh, girlwithanimpact.com. That's it. For everybody else out there, if you have questions for Sarah or any of the past guests or myself or you have ideas on people to interview, please send comments and questions to comments at DeLoreanTalk.com. Don't forget to uh, drive safe.